0: Welcome to the next episode of Splitting Cases. Uh, Very special Tamworth Country Music Awards and Festival edition. We have someone who is
1: very passionate about that and very much involved in that. Yeah, and our guest today is... Well, I'll let her talk for herself, actually.
2: (laughs) Hi, I'm Catherine Britt. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: No worries. I know Kat because she's... Kat, is that alright? Kat? Yeah. yeah.
2: Meow. Yeah. Meow. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. On,
0: she is the host of, of Saturday Night Country, and she works out of the same station that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I provide her with audio material all the time, and we hang out and that kind of thing. Yeah. She's an uh, esteemed country musician. She's a very cool chick. And, yeah. like, obviously, it might be clear what you're here to talk about, but introduce your topic.
2: Yeah, well, we're here to talk about country music, one of my favourite topics. I mean, I I love all types of music. I know we talk about music a lot, me and you, Grant, um, all the different do- types of great music out there. But I kind of grew up because of my dad on a you know, bit of everything, but a yeah. lot of country music. So mountain stuff, like really early folk tunes and hillbilly music and stuff like that.
0: your parents What do they do?
2: Um... No, they're no, they no they can not even sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my dad's a like a DGO, a district guidance officer, so mm. like a school psychologist, but the boss, yeah, yeah, um, in Newcastle at schools. And my mum was, she's just recently retired and very happy about it, uh, was a school librarian. School librarian, <laughs> yeah, so, so they're so, both
0: kind of school related one yeah. like counseling, one like books. That's yeah, awesome,
2: yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool, they're very educated and. I'm like, yeah, the bum musician child and all my brothers are super educated and I'm like, oh, whoops, oh well. <laughs> but yeah, I love it.
0: Pointy, your kind of point of reference on country music? Especially Australian.
1: Uh, for me, I sort of grew up not really hearing a lot of country music and then it was only sort of later in life that I realised, oh, for some reason, because of a- external influences, I have a prejudice against something which I shouldn't have a prejudice against. Mm. And then you sort of let yourself like stuff. And I think it's one of those things that sometimes you grow up and people tell you not to like something and you just believe it. Mm. But then once you get into it, yeah.
2: Well, I think, honestly, I think it's a little bit... Um, oh, that's heavy. I think it's a little bit our, you know, the industry's fault. How? Well, I think there's there's been a lot of... Um, oh, i got to speak carefully here. Of course. I think that there's a lot of... S- lack recording, you know, like really simple, cheesy mm. um, but in any music there is, but for some reason country has got that real stereotype of of being really lazy with songwriting and um, a bit sort of dorky and a bit cheesy mm. with their lyrics and I mean, when I say I love country music and when I say that I sing country music, I I think I mean that in a very different way to what people may, maybe think yeah, yeah. country music is. Well, totally. I think, I think you know? country music has so
0: many different, it, it's such a broad term. It's yes, like, it totally if it's is, like yeah. saying you like rock music, but yeah. it's like there's yeah. so many different variations. It's yeah, just too absolutely. To say
2: that. Well, I mean, I think I've just kind of started saying as I've gotten older and realized it's just too hard to explain that I just I'm a singer-songwriter and yeah. I don't even put myself in any category. I, I find a lot of media put me in what they are now calling alt country, Americana, yeah. and I, you know, what it that's cool. I mean, that's cool yeah, with that's me. A way, I get way it. Made, then yeah, so be fine, it. whatever. But to me, I just I like to look at myself as a singer-songwriter. I mean. My goal in life would be to be like Paul Kelly or yeah. somebody like that to me who is quite borderline country, the stuff I listen yeah, to. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's like, a different kind of country music, I guess. But, but
0: essentially breaking it down, that's what you do. You sing and you songwrite and you yes. play guitar. Like talking about folk songs and stuff, that almost leads into country that you grew up with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, all... All music really comes from the same origin, you know? Yeah. We all migrated from England, Ireland, Scotland, that whole thing, and well, they brought the music over. Where and... does rock
0: come from? Like country and blues? Yeah, meets... so,
2: well, yeah, there was all these old folk tunes that then got passed down through generations of, you know, the mountains in America, the Appalachian Mountains mainly and the sort yeah. of Smoky Mountains, that whole deep south area. That was all just they just loved that's all they did that's they all played they all played instruments and they passed yeah. these songs down generation to generation and then eventually the, the you know this guy came along and ralph peer was his name and he started recording music and ralph he thought oh, i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a killing make out a of, this, you know? of this you know so went through the deep south and just set up in old you know shoe stores and things like that this yeah. big obviously the big old gramophone sort of thing the yeah. first recording system and recorded these hillbillies singing these old folk songs, and there was only a few that went on to become big stars. The Carter family and and Jimmy Rogers were sort of the first stars of, of music, yeah. folk, country, whatever, um, radio stars. Because back then, country music was pop radio. Yeah. Um, and then, sort of throughout the years, I mean, there was there was they started adding drums. And things like that, more percussive stuff to country music. They didn't allow drums on the Grand Ole Opry till I think the Birds in the '60s was the first yeah. time they had drums on the Grand Ole the Opry, and they got and the booed. O- Holy! Crap. They got completely booed off the stage. But want to hear the Birds at the Grand Old Opry? Yeah, well, that was when they did the Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Mm. That, that whole Green Americana, yes, so. that yeah. whole Americana movement, which mm. is by far one of my favorite areas in, in country music yeah. and in music. But yeah, so rock and roll kind of stemmed out of that. I mean, when you listen to early Hank Williams, who's yeah. my probably one of my all-time favourite singer-songwriters, yeah. he was writing the the beginnings of rock and roll, totally. the 12-bar blues, yeah. the structure of a rock and roll song, even the rhythm, you know, that Elvis Presley yeah. totally copied. And oh, totally. people like Elvis were just big Hank well, fans. Elvis was you so know?
0: much based in country. My yeah. mum oh, yeah. grew up, well, not grew up on Elvis. She was a huge Elvis fan as a teenager, and she used to play Elvis well into her 30s and 40s when I was growing up, and yeah. I started out as a huge Elvis fan, which is so fun that as a teenager I was like country and then Ryan Adams came along and I was like Ryan Adams isn't your technical typical country artist I left whiskey town oh okay all right wait wait hold on and then you delve backwards and I think that's one of my favorite things that you delve backwards into something and realize where that came from
2: yeah well that's the really great thing about artists like Ryan Adams Um, even for us here in Australia the Casey Chambers of the world that do i guess open up the door um even taylor swift in her own way has opened up the doors for country music
0: well okay hold on yeah so like a 16 year old girl listens to taylor swift Mm -hmm. and kind of taylor swift has influences and roots from so many different country artists Mm -hmm. so what she might be doing not maybe in the strictest sense of the word country but it's leading you somewhere
2: well it's it's she's sort of telling you that she's a country artist up until recently she was mm. you know really pushing that point. Mm. Um and all that does is open up people to go, well I like that. So I must like country music. Yeah. And that's great. You know, that's what that's what sort of opens the doors to Taking people like you back when oh, they hear Ryan yeah. Adams or they hear Sweetheart of the Rodeo, you know, in the set, which is how my dad got into country music. <laughs> he also thought it was uncool because he loved the Beatles and he loved mm. rock and roll. Then he heard that record, and that's when my dad went back and discovered country music. Mm. So it was through that sort of cool era of country music that comes back around again every now and again. And well, I think we're in one again now. Actually. Well, that
0: was the reason that I went back because Ryan Adams had such authenticity in his voice. It yeah. was so was so pained at times and it was so joyous at times and it was so Honest. full of feeling and honesty and, uh, like, auth- authenticity. That's yeah.
1: why. Although if you read some interviews with him, he doesn't seem to be a particular country music fan. Oh, he's like, a total John Lennon. Or I'm not sure if he's just doing that for a bit of shtick and a bit of attention, but yeah, he's I've read some recent interviews where he's like, yeah, I'm not even really that into it, I'm just good at it.
0: Fuck
2: off. Oh, really? Yeah. No, well,
0: Lennon's solo career, he went off slagging the Beatles, but you knew he loved the Beatles when he was in it. He just had a bad time, he was tarred with a certain brush,
2: and he decides to rag on it. I think Ryan Adams... Is his whole mission in life is to come across as an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's I've seen. He's from the Billy Corgan <laughs> school. He, he, that is what sells his records. He's a very talented asshole who was had a really serious drug problem and who's yeah. come, come through that. But when I saw him for the first time in Nashville, I was. Probably 17 years old. He played at the Ryman Auditorium, which is where the Grand Ole Opry began, the first stage of country music.
0: Okay, hold on, wait. Out of anything you've ever done, yeah, that I hate you. <laughs> oh my god, it was Even pretty the cool. Even
2: Nashville. Pretty cool. And he was playing with Gillian Welch and David Rawlings, oh, who are fuck completely off. I'm just country. To go get a beer. Thank you very much. Totally country. Oh. So they were because they played on his first record, of course. They were the backing band. They did. But yeah, look, you know, his whole skit. his whole thing was to show that he was being tough or something. And this guy yelled out, sing a Brian Adams song. And he got really u- upset and angry and said, who said that? Who said that? And everyone in the audience is like, oh, it was that guy. And like all pointed at this one guy. And this guy's like, oh, it was me, man. And he's like, "Um, he, how much were your tickets? How much were your tickets? And everyone's like, oh... $40 or something like that, or whatever it was. And he got money out of his pocket, <laughs> threw it at the guy, and said, Security, get him out. So that's that was awesome. his whole skit. But then 20 minutes later, this exact same guy came up the top where we were sitting because we had cheap seats and sat down. And we're like, Oh, that's weird. Didn't he just get kicked out? You then hear the same story in every city in America. Oh, no. It was a play. So, so he's, that's his thing. It's his stick. No. You know, I'm going to pretend to be an asshole.
1: You've just broke his heart. You really have. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He also called the paper and abused them for giving him a bad review. No, that's how you get publicity when you're but trying to like be cool. I him so much. I thought he he's was, amazing. I thought his music was. so... He, well, maybe
0: it, like okay, no, you can't fake that shit on record. Like his his best oh, no, no, record no, no, you is can't amazing. fake He's amazing. I'm not taking away yeah, from no. his talent.
2: His talent is incredible, and he's one of my so favorites. Love I love him, him. but you've got to understand that there's 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 he's smart.
0: Yeah, oh, totally. It's just publicity it totally and that's
2: what he's doing. He, you can't write those lyrics without a big old brain. Yeah, seriously. It's just, seriously, a, like, those lyrics it's just absolutely his way of selling records and he knows, he's smart, he knows he's making music that isn't mainstream. Yeah. So he did his thing to make it mainstream. Damn yeah, right, he did. So and he married she, Mandy Good on Moore. him. You
0: married Mandy I know, Moore. I how so cute know, is she? Oh, <laughs> God, I love Mandy <laughs> Oh,
2: Moore. I love her too. I oh, really do. Just, I'm not even going to lie, I love her acting. I think she's
0: gorgeous. I just think her voice is beautiful. I do too. Yeah
2: she's God. got a beautiful voice when she sings good music. She could sing with the a phone great voice. <laughs> Okay,
0: fair enough. But, you know, like, no matter what she's singing, you can tell she's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, but, you know, I'm I, still
2: waiting for Ryan to produce a record on her. Yeah. I think that would she's, be the bomb diggity. She said that's going to happen, apparently. She said, yeah, oh, I read Ryan's that years ago. She said, oh, Ryan's producing these things.
0: But, yeah, years ago, right? Mm. And there's that demo floating yeah. around, not demo, but that live rehearsal floating around YouTube of them singing Sweet Carolina.
2: Oh, no, yeah, I haven't a, seen that.
0: She's she's taking the female harmony on that. Oh, yeah, and it's the just like a like part. Yeah. It's just a rehearsal footage where they're like doing a sound check and she's taking the female part.
2: I'm looking that up when I get home.
0: You need to do that. <laughs> it's like it's the only time for the moment you'll hear them singing together. Yeah. I need to hear them oh, Definitely.
2: Absolutely.
1: So do you think the early attraction to country and folk music was just about the storytelling part?
2: For me? I think, I don't know. Look, when I was really young, I always sang. Let's get that straight. I was a super <laughs> annoying little girl. My brothers used to pay me to shut up, literally. They'd say, if you shut up for five minutes, we will give you a dollar, which was a <laughs> lot That's when a I was a pretty awesome way to make money. Oh, absolutely. Like, but I couldn't do it. I physically couldn't shut up for that long. <laughs> So, I so, but I was always singing and I was just loved it. There was just something about it. But my early singing was, you know, Disney songs and like The Lion King and yeah, dude, totally. Um, Little Mermaid. I don't think I've ever high-fived
0: a guest this much. I
2: love love that stuff. So, that was my first singing stuff, like singing songs. Mm. Of course, there was, um, you know, oh gosh, what were their names? Um, the girl band Spice Girls, Spice Girls and all that sort of stuff like we I, devoted
1: a whole episode <laughs> to Spice Girls so. yeah well, I
2: was all into that high five again um, but yeah look I, it wasn't until I was about nine years old and I knew my dad loved music I come home every day and there was always music playing in our house from my dad and it'd be something one day I'd come home and it'd be an old rock and roll record Another day i come home and be like Jamaican music and then I'd come home another day and it'd be like, I don't know, Elton John and then it'd be Eminem. Like my dad just believes good music's good music. He doesn't care. He just discovers great music. So he's a total nut for it and he knows everything about it. Like he's the most interesting person to talk about when it comes to music. So I grew up in a household like that. But none of us really appreciated music like he did. He didn't really have a kid that got that, and it wasn't until I saw a movie, um, actually, about the life of Loretta Lynn, um, who Jack White did a record with. Yeah, you may have he heard does. of that great. Oh, great I know record. Loretta Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Um, she had an incredible life, and uh, Sissy Spacek was played her in this movie, and it was Sissy called Coal Miner's Daughter. Was the
0: one who was in Carrie, right? Uh, she was like yes, she was Carrie.
2: Yes, Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I would
0: think so. I that think rings so. a bell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, great, great
2: actress, great actress. But Dad played me in that movie when we were on holidays in Canberra visiting family and just found it and thought, I'm going to see what she thinks here because he knew I love singing. So he put it on and I just, I don't know what it was, whether it was the fact that she was like this poor hillbilly who became a famous country music singer or the sincerity about where she came from and the songs she wrote was so honest and real and sincere. I just thought... I just It took me somewhere and I just fell head over heels in love with that movie and I became obsessed with that whole thing and it must have been for me the realness or something about her. She was so... Cute and you know, like adorable, and and from a really humble place, and she had nothing, and just became this big star and had all these babies, and just you know, <laughs> just this really random story, and I, like, I just I loved like it, it. I like that that
0: clarification. Yeah. Like, class, she had. <laughs> had a million babies.
2: babies, yeah. So that's when it sort of changed for me. So then from then on, uh, that was about nine years old. From then on, I'd come home from school, and every day there'd be a new something on my bed, so there'd be a new record. Um, that might be a Hank Williams record, and was my dad's way of saying this is Hank Williams. Um, and then there'd be like a, a book. On the history of country music, country and folk music. That the is the best way to dance. go. Oh, it was amazing, and then that I'd get amazing. through that, and then so I didn't really have to do homework. That was I, I, my I homework. feel like
1: I did that myself, but I did yeah. that by like reading, like you know, Q, Mojo, Rolling Stone. Yeah, going, yeah. I'm trying to piece together this musical education, but mm. seriously, that's
2: I got amazing educated. experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was incredible.
1: What was your dad's so name? Good. Steve. Note to Steve: Great
0: fucking job. <laughs> awesome job.
2: Yeah, he he. Well, I think for him he was just finally excited that he had somebody interested mm. and he thought oh maybe maybe she's actually going to be a bit like me and from then on i mean pretty much my whole life i've always been a very close with my dad but yeah you know me and dad are we're best mates you know Mm. and that's because we have that love of music together Mm. and we call each other when we geek out over a new record and that's why we've done radio together because yeah we geek out on the radio about music he must love
0: that i never made a connection that like that's something that he would absolutely love
2: yeah i think i mean for him it's he just loves talking about music that's Mm. that's all my dad's ever done he doesn't he's not a man's man he doesn't like going to the beach he doesn't like fixing things my dad will buy a new record buy a new book clearly and that's his thing yeah that's what he loves you're gonna be my dad when you grow up I think
0: we need to rephrase this how, how we raise our daughter now
2: yeah well that's you know? how he did it and it worked so there you go oh hold on cheers well done <laughs> cheers dad speaking of
0: his fan of music you had something or other to do with Elton John earlier on in terms of like he Thought you were great and helped you out or whatever, but mm. did your dad just freak out and go, "Oh my god"?
2: I think my dad at this point in my career, I just released the debut album. Yeah, there'd been so much leading up to that point. Yeah, um, already and so much hard work on their part. Like oh, they yeah, just yeah. struggled and just really like tried to self-manage me, you know, and they yeah. had no idea what they were doing. Um, but just knew that I had a talent, I guess, and they believed in it. Like yeah. I, and I just loved doing it, so I didn't care.
0: But from a total like fanboy, mm. starstruck kind of way, never, did they go? Whoa, that's kind of weird.
2: I've never actually asked them. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I, I mean, they thought it was really cool. Mm. I think we we're all a little bit in disbelief that it happened. It was yeah. really sort of random, yeah. And we all kind of thought, wait, what? Elton John said, What? Yeah. Why? Hold Like, on a I sec. don't understand why this happened. Like, it was just weird. It was confusion. Like, it was it confusion. Yeah. Oh, God, no, we didn't question it. We <laughs> yeah. ran with it.
0: Oh, no, cool. But it was, it was
2: it. just bizarre. And I it was just, really out of nowhere. So I think they were just like me, a bit like, That's just ama- that's amazing.
0: I just imagine something in your dad's brain after being such a huge music fan must have just gone, What's just happened? <laughs> Jackpot. Yeah. What no, just no. happened here? Hold I think, on. I
2: think he loves. My job and my career more (laughs) than me. Like like I think I have the yeah I think I have the sickest life and the best job in the world. And I think my dad just is stoked because you know he gets to come along to a lot of it when he when he can. can. Um, But he makes yeah 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 Yeah. he makes a massive effort to get to as much as he can because he just loves it. He must feel
1: extremely proud, like especially in the sense that he's got that part of him where he's like, well, I helped with this and yeah
2: he's totally the reason i do what i do and I, and the reason that i am who i am so i definitely i would alter my dad a hundred percent and he he knows that i i let him know that quite often but i just love you let that, him know that
0: on air quite often i'm sure yeah
2: i just you know he's awesome he's my best mate he's very cool so what about
0: australian country in general like that I was aware of American country way before I was of Australian country.
2: Yeah, well, that's American country. Country music originated, obviously, in America, and we sort of created our own version of that here in Australia. It's almost like
0: Australian hip-hop.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. We've definitely got our own our own spin on country music here, mm, yeah. which I think is great. I think it's fantastic that we have built this this genre, of bush ballads and lots of stuff. I mean, it's not really my thing. No. Um... But I get it and I, and I respect it. I think it's great that we have our own music here, you know, yeah. about our country and our land and, and our, you know, things that we respect and love rather than just copying and trying to be like America. Yeah. We've created our own brand here oh, and that's God, that's course. pretty cool.
0: And just because something comes from somewhere doesn't mean you can't evolve from that and work yeah. on that and build on that, your yeah. own thing.
2: Look. I think we have a lot of talent here in Australia. Oh, yeah. Like in the in Australian country scene right now, there's some amazing singer-songwriters. There's some really cool stuff coming out. Melbourne especially. There's a whole scene of this whole old country thing coming out of Melbourne at the moment that's just... Nuts, like it's really? just going nuts, and and it's exciting. It's a really exciting time in music. That there's a great singer-songwriter, Harry Hookie, that's coming out. He's great. I um, love Harry gosh, there's just so many great singer-songwriters, and, and there is this whole scene. I just did a gig in Sydney the other day. Um, at the Opera House, and I literally did. It was me and Bill Chambers, who I've been working with my whole life, probably the hillbilliest, countryest guy (laughs) in the world. Totally. And and an older guy. Um, And we stood in the middle of Sydney at the Opera House, looking out over the harbour, did a gig to a bunch of young people, and we played the most hillbilly music we know and that I can play, and they loved it. And we were sort of going... What's happened here?
0: <laughs> so it totally is coming back around I, in a way. I
2: think so. I think, I think that right now, a little bit like this late sixties, early seventies, people are really into organicness. Like yeah. that's a bad way of putting it, but they're authenticity. all authenticity, authenticity, like organic things, things that, that feel real, real and yeah, well, I you know, think all that, that, sort that stuff. There's
1: to some extent more of a maybe word of mouth. Sort of seen than the, what there was maybe 10, 15 years ago. because well, yeah,
2: social media. Because
1: and, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like you got personal recommendations from people you know. Not everyone's listening to the one or two radio stations. So everyone's yeah. getting bits and pieces from, you know, different places and making up their own minds on, yeah. on what's it's good.
0: All, it's also that fractured nature of the genre, which is country that receives a bad rep from people who like rock music or whatever it is, yeah. that there are so many different. Branches mm-hmm. of what country music is, mm. and like people like Harry Hookey, like a lot of people would get into it from many different genres. You wouldn't necessarily classify Falling it as strictly country, country. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. in a way, yes, in a way, yeah. no, you know. Yeah. But that broadens the genre. And say, anyone who likes Taylor Swift, it kind of goes backwards, and mm-hmm. that branching back from mm-hmm. something out really? of the realm of traditional country mm. works well as a mm.
1: sounding board. Yeah, well, I think it just goes back to the point we made earlier, like what's good mm. is good and don't really get too caught up in yeah. what the label is or well, what people a, are calling it. There's
2: a bunch it. of really, really fucking bad pop music, rock music. Oh, yeah. And there's a bunch of really great stuff as well and the cream always rises to the top. And Damn, I, I like think, that expression. I think that, um, you know, any, any rock and roll or pop star that I've met that is, like... Elton John and the, and, the, and the Tim Rogers, who I know you love, these people who are very successful at what they do—they all know this. They know their, they know their shit. They know yeah. their history oh, of, of music. Like do. Tim Rogers is the biggest Hank Williams fan. Yeah, and and, and you know uh, Elton John loves Loretta Lynn. You yeah. know, and that's why he loved me because he yeah. saw that in me. I guess a younger, you know, emerging thing of that. So these people know their music, and that's what you'll find in the real success. Of it. And everyone will go, oh. There's no way that KISS likes country music because country music's so... Oh, not that KISS are cool, but, you know, just a bad example. But, you know, I'll these you people a, yeah. who are okay. successful... Just pause that for, like, for a second. ...like good music.
1: <laughs> so on the subject of KISS, uh, Moose has just gone inside <laughs> and we'll, uh, so we'll reveal, we'll reveal what it is in a moment.
2: I'm so scared.
1: You should be a little bit scared.
2: I, who knows what I'll come out with. Oh, I it's a suitcase. To take on my honeymoon. Oh nice. Nice. Oh yes. I actually I actually like Kiss I but fucking love Yeah, Kiss. yeah. Look, I'm I, I get it. Ah. I'm a fan. So he came out with a Kiss suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know they made them. No, well but go. it does not there surprise me
1: that Gene Simmons would Oh, that sort of Oh, yeah. Ice. Did you we're ever
2: walking. watch that show that he made, Gene Simmons?
1: Family Jewels, the so reality good. show. Oh, my so God. Good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
0: But no, we were walking through, like, a shopping mall last week, and I was like, hold on. Hold on. Old, um, old I need, watches. like, something to take on a honeymoon and that, like, has those, like, fancy wheels that move everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That has the cover, of, like, Kiss Destroyer on the front yeah, and, like, yeah. an embossed
1: kiss on the back. I need that. I'm getting that. Sorry, continue. Uh, no, no, that was the, <laughs> what we were continuing. <laughs> continue <laughs> that amazing kiss story.
0: <laughs> but that's that. That comes down to don't define anything so exactly. strictly. You know, exactly. Everyone's so going to have a variety of roots in their in their musical tree. You know, like they're going to love a million different things. And the best people, you know, it's like that thing where. You can't write a good song until you've like learned a million covers, and you've learned like, and you've listened to a million songs, and you've yeah. learnt what a good song is,
2: and developed your own sound, and then thing. yeah, built yeah. off that. Look, I think getting a little bit serious for a second, That's I think okay. I think the really sad thing is because there is so much great country music, but I, I watch artists, singer songwriters that come up and up through the industry that are country. Hmm and they have a voice that isn't strictly country or doesn't sound like Lee Kernigan or whatever that you know mm. it's a quite that can be played on mainstream radio they the people around them the record label the management will do anything not to label them country just Why? so that, just so they get played on radio and stuff, even though they are country. Even Casey, country was a dirty word because that's how they they went with. She she's an artist, she's a singer songwriter, which was very smart marketing. Yeah, but it's sad. That saddens so, me that you can't. I mean, look at her. You dad can't attach old country. Old she's a family she grew yeah. up in. Of course, yeah. She's gonna and be. people are going, but I love this. And I I have been to gigs in Sydney, and there was a total bluegrass band. Mm. They were all young, mm. and they were in college, and they all like created this bluegrass band and played like they called the Green Mohair Suits for goodness' sake. <laughs> <laughs> total Grand Parsons like take from yeah. there and they were playing all this like total mountain music, hillbilly music and there's all these young kids there and I went up to the bar and I said, hey, you know, you like country music and they go, this isn't country music oh. like offended and oh. I'm like this is country music what are you talking about? That. Yeah, no, that's that's sad thing. to me, that makes me sad because my whole mission in my life was to make country music cool Yeah, make people realise that it's just another genre with good and bad music and I think I we're a really long way from that, that, but...
1: Actually, I don't know if it is in a better spot or maybe it's just I've got older, but, like, yeah. I definitely think that, in my experience anyway, it's come a long way in the last sort of 20 years because when I was a kid, it definitely was sort of a bit of a dirty word, whereas now yeah. it's just like, well, no, as you say, there's good stuff and bad stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is still a stigma in Australia um, surrounding country, and we still call it country and western in Australia, for goodness sake. Um... Which are two totally different genres, but you know, it's just it's something that I I hope will, will over time, go away. And and the only way of doing that is by putting out continuously good music um, from the genre, (laughs) from the genre, and and owning up to it and calling it what it is. Absolutely, that's so true. But also,
0: people being okay with the fact that good music is good music regardless of genre, regardless of what it is. Yeah, like you're saying, people keep putting out good music. Yeah. And that's what it is. Good yeah. music. Yeah. Not labeled, Absolutely. So this is I, I have lots of like odd dispelling a yeah. myth questions about Australian country music and I, I don't want it to come across as sounding almost almost as a weird uneducated question. Okay. Okay. So
2: ignorant questions.
0: That's yeah. Not stupid. I've been described as ignorant before. That's okay. <laughs> um, Curious. Perhaps. Curious. Yeah.
2: What do you what What is the deal
0: with country? Sorry. What is the deal with airplane piano? Um, with country music that is like called country music, but for me it sounds more like pop music or pop rock music. Like for example, mm-hmm. not that that detracts from his great songwriting, but Keith Urban. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it is like pop con- mm-hmm. pop country or pop rock, but. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I don't feel that's country music, but he's sort of branded as a country artist. How does that work? Okay. It's well, so it's... it's we but go. it's the opposite of, like, we can't label them as country. No. Like, it's, it's, oh, we will label them as country, but I feel, oh, wait, is that country in the strictest sense at all? Yeah.
2: Well, I actually held a, um, like a, what would you call it, a forum on Saturday Night Country about this exact top topic. Yeah. What is country music? Yeah. What elements do you have to have in a song to classify it as a country song, for yeah. example? We came to the conclusion that there was no way of defining it. But um, <laughs> but what you're dealing with there is a, a very much a machine mm. out of Nashville um, mm. that is all about um, basically recreating the era of rock and roll and pop music in the 80s and calling it country music. And Why do they do that? because it's what and sells. It's working. Yeah, because it sells millions of records and women and housewives at home that love country music love that stuff, you know. They want to hear a guy singing about how much he loves his missus and how beautiful she is and how she makes him feel and that's what Keith Urban sings about and the sound of I mean Keith Urban's a massive rock and roll fan, so mm. let's start there. But he also loves country music, but he I think just made music that was gonna sell and but that I, yeah. is that is what sells in in America
0: yeah and I, America. I I totally hear that in terms of like American country radio it has developed into its own almost its own genre it's almost like it's a pop it's a country it's a rock it's a thing that It's hip-hop at the it's moment. its own yeah this is weird country hip-hop kind of weird thing going on mm. but that is, is is the total reverse of the question of you know like why can't you label something that is country country because it might not be cool or blah blah blah? But why do you label something country that is a, such a hybrid of a billion things, mm. and I I might call it rock?
2: Well, well, there's a bi- there's a big thing you're missing here, and that is that country music is cool in America and oh. always has been. Yeah. So country music has never actually had a bad name in the states. Yeah. Um. So there's a really big thing you're missing um, yeah. for starters. Whereas in Australia. It has always been very uncool. So to call yourself country in America is a big selling point. Okay. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's okay to, to be country in America. That's like, oh, yeah, you sing country? I love country. Everyone it's almost
0: loves like a separate in industry over there. Like the it's country the music record industry, industry over there. and and the rock, pop, slash anything else industry is mm-hmm. almost such a different industry.
2: Oh, completely different. But it com- country music, like, completely outsells. Rock and roll, pop, R and B, soul, everything. It is the biggest selling genre in America by far.
0: And do you notice that when you go over there and play to these people who are fans of it and have oh, never yeah. had to deal with the backlash of liking country in Australia?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Playing a gig in America is completely different to playing a gig in Australia. Um, I think it, you know it's different in that if you play a gig here to a country fan base, they are very passionate and very dedicated because they've gone against. Everything in society and said, thing. "I like this." Okay, <laughs> you know, so screw you. Um, so they're a different breed again. But then you've yeah. got America, and it's a, just a diverse. Everyone loves country music because it's popular music, and yeah. you know, it's um, it's very it different originated yeah. as as
0: very the different. popular music.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And but it never sort of. Digre- never, yeah, never went away from that. It's always just been incredibly high selling and incredibly successful. I mean, there was the era of the of rock and roll that that took away from country music, which is when the Nashville sound kicked off uh, when they started adding drums and electric guitar and uh, pedal steel and and more sort of pop sounding instruments to the country music genre they started oh. adding strings for example yeah. to country yeah that's the whole Nashville sound that was our rebelling against well that's Nashville's rebelling against rock and roll yeah and it's trying to keep up and stay important so ever since then Ever since rock and roll took over, we've been trying to keep up and stay important. So it's yeah. gotten further and further away from what actually is country music because yeah. they're chasing that high that they had, you know, so in before in the fifties or whatever. So does that the 50s. always?
0: Does that almost mean that when you know someone comes out with something that is completely authentic and not trying to, not trying to chase that, that it's something that succeeds because it's different, or is it something that doesn't get noticed because it's different?
2: I think. The artists that break through mm. in any genre are the ones that do something different. I mean, there's the lords, there's the yeah. the artists that, that stick to their guns and make something that is completely different and doesn't sound like a machine yeah. copy of something that's already popular on the radio. You'll find in Nashville, yeah. if um, one artist is really successful, they'll try and make 20 more of them, uh, like copy What's and paste. It's
1: like if you're second to follow, you might sell... Few records yeah. at the time, the but longevity is yeah. not there.
2: No, no, and it's not there. That's right. Whereas the artist that first one will probably have a career forever. Yeah. Uh, but the twenty that the re- label used and abused and sp- spat out after they sold their one million and then never sold again, you know, lose their careers and never have one again. Whereas there's this these people that kind of Which break through against all odds.
1: YouTube videos of Scott Stapp from Creed to really mm. get that point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like. Poor bastard.
2: Poor bastard. I need to look at that, obviously. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no, you don't. No, No? okay. Just stay away from it,
0: it's (laughs) It's it's a guy who got sucked up into a machine and was told that a lot of things were going to be offered to him and, you know, there's people who come out of that okay and there's people Mm. who, you know... Don't. Don't, and, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so the other question I
2: had... Get? what are your other questions? Off Scott
1: app was... Well, I'm sh- I really am interested to hear what your questions are. By well,
0: that. I'm nervous to ask this one, but I'm genuinely no. curious oh. because I feel like it's a question you've got from a lot of shitheads before. <laughs> um, do you want to you add classify yourself, to
2: yourself <laughs> as a shithead?
0: No, but you classify myself as a shithead. No, it's, I'm genuinely curious about it. Okay. Why do a lot of Australian country act? artist with an Australian accent. Exactly right. So why does it happen that you round your R's in an American accent sort of way? I've always wondered that. And it doesn't, for me, it doesn't detract whether I like the music or not. But when I hear someone speak and their voice is different to the The way they
2: sing. Why is that? Okay there's several reasons i've been asked this exact question since i first began i knew
0: that <laughs> i knew this would be b- yeah. but i still and I f- every
2: country artist in australia has been asked this question except I'm for s- slim dusty and yeah. john williamson and sarah Store. <laughs> i'm um, so curious well look i think there's a few re- there's a few answers here the first answer is country music comes from america yeah. So that's the origins of yeah, country music. Of course. So for me, my excuse in that—not that I need—not that I'm making an excuse. Yeah. The last I thing
0: I, I, I want you to that be is defensive in this because purely no, no, I'm no, no, curious. No, no, no. I don't.
2: Th- I honestly don't think I am too much of a victim of that. But no, not at all. But I. As a little girl, when I first—which I'm sure every artist in Australia has the same similar story—when I first started out singing country music, I listened to the Loretta Lynns and stuff. So when I sang their songs, I couldn't sing it with an Australian accent because it wouldn't actually rhyme. Yeah, a lot of the time, like the way people pronounce
0: syllables in different accents and countries. I just
2: copied what she was doing and put on an accent. So that was my beginnings of music and every artist in Australia probably most of them would have that same thing is they would have copied these and then you know we become an art an artist based on all of our influences right yeah so there's always going to be that in there of their influences so there's that then there's also that you know the old Beatles theory of you know you sing a generic with a generic accent and you're marketable worldwide.
0: I'd say I'd say Beatles but I, my reference point like harking back to before what you were talking about growing up listening to yeah. Spice Girls. Like yeah. when I heard them talk and when I saw the Spice Girls the Spice World movie I was like, mm. oh wow, their accents are so thick yeah. but you can't hear but that a lot can't. of the time yeah. when you're listening to them. Cuz
2: you know if you want to if you want to be appealing worldwide, you learn to sing with a generic accent. But which... do you learn to sing or did
0: it just come like that with an American accent? I
2: Over time, you know, years and years of singing and listening and seeing what sells and what's on the radio, you learn how to. Like
1: even subconsciously, even if you're not trying to.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. We're all an influence of something else. We're not. None of us are original. We're all taking this and that from that. Yeah. A million different things and making up. I find that.
0: I find that concept comforting. That no one is inherently original and completely different because no one ever is and has been. You know, it's all come from somewhere.
2: Baby is. Yeah. Exactly, um, but yeah. Look, I think. But then again,
0: everyone cries.
2: <laughs> I think there's that. I think there is the other side of it that there are artists that just put it on. Um, really? Uh, and I'm not quite sure why. Yeah. But I think, they're, just, trying to, I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to break into the, the American accent. Market, so let's... Yeah, I think they're trying to break into America out. a little bit. Like they want to be appealing to that big money-making scene, so they're making music for those reasons. Um, there are a lot of those artists as well. Um, I think. You know, like specifically for me, it was that early days, you know, taking in that own thing and then I would eventually over time by the my first record had my own thing, my own oh, sort yeah. of accent. Then I oh, moved to America for 6 years. <laughs> so, um, I spoke American. Yeah, I of I still do sometimes when I have a beer or mm. beer too many. Um, yeah, when I'm around American well, I'm tired, friends, I talk American. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy it's to pick for them up. It's
1: to understand Australian yeah, accent. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you feel like the you fest, need to put it on. Absolutely. To get what you need.
2: (laughs) The first thing I did when I got there is is went to Macca's. I was seventeen I went to Macca's to get some food at LA Airport. And I said, Oh I'll have just a burger and chips please or whatever, you know, and burger and fries (laughs) and a and a Coke. And they were like, A what? And I was like, A Coke and they just didn't, I had to finally go, a Coca-Cola? Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to do. I did, and I I did. I had to modify it. I found in so, LA,
0: uh, in LA I was okay with that kind of stuff. But I did yeah, find when totally I yeah, did yeah. find when my mate lives, well, lived at the time in Lander in Wyoming. Mm. And we, like, it was just such an incredibly small town. And when we were there, we were there for a couple of weeks. And yeah. I found that when I went to a shop, they were like, oh, wow. Yeah. A, we're not quite sure how to understand a lot of what you're saying. But wait, hold on. You're Australian. Why are you even here? <laughs> hold on. What are you
2: doing in La- Lander? Yeah, I got yeah. The
1: whole time I was in America, I was, are you British? Yeah. Are you British? And I was like, I think no. we're
2: really classy. We've really got a <laughs> full. I remember my fiancé, went. we were honky-tonking in Nashville. I was yeah. sh- showing those honky-tonks to him on Broadway. And um, they asked him for his... Um, for his id and he said oh um my my wallet's in my mrs um, purse so i don't have it on me and no he said i don't have it or something like that and the lady goes are you from London? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she goes. You sound so classy. And James goes. That is the first time anyone's ever called That's me classy. Like it. I'll take
0: that as a what? compliment. Because I was I'm
1: going like, so oh good. g'day, can I get a couple of these? And I was yeah. like, I'd never felt more Aussie because like I don't particularly <laughs> no. think that I like say and you g'day you chucked, and stuff you all the time. That stuff
2: in though when you're in America. But I didn't Aussie. even
1: notice it. Like I was just talking as I would normally. And then yeah. afterwards, like my wife would looked at me going like. Did you just you say that? that and I was like, well, I do, but, like, probably yeah. not as much as I was. Yeah. I think there's, like, part of it where he's sort of, like, a little bit homesick. Yeah. And so you just go for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, and they love it, I think, you know, and it's always nice, you know, when you're being well-liked, you, you play up to that a little bit. It's human nature. It's like, you know? That's you're what like, they
1: want. They oh, they know, want to see the Aussie. We'll bring it, it. out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure.
2: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Do you have any more yeah, great questions because I'm very very interested.
2: Have I have I done a good job answering them?
0: Yeah, you have yeah, done an okay, excellent cool, job cool. answering cool. them because I'm I'm someone who grew up like singing along to my favorite records and I totally I think the biggest thing the biggest thing that helped me understand that is that certain accents present pronounce certain words in different ways and yeah, thinking yeah. about it it would completely screw up the like the the flow of a song
2: yeah oh gosh yeah oh, especially oh. those real deep south you know especially yeah. singing Loretta Lynn yeah. and then i found Dolly Parton and i thought she was a princess you know i was nine <laughs> and she was like big boobs beautiful you know like just oh, i thought she was beautiful you know <laughs> i was, think dolly like parton
0: is awesome she looked like a
2: barbie and i was like oh my god dolly parton so she was my next obsession and then Man, she's from like East Tennessee, like yeah. she's from the Smoky Mountains. So the whole reason yeah. I love Dolly though I is because
0: like she's like she. To, comes back to authenticity. Mm, she, she is herself, like and it. fuck anybody who doesn't like it. You know, yeah, I'm me. So if they... you don't like it, that's cool. I have no yeah. problem with that. But and I'm not going to change.
2: She's, she's so successful because of that.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions specifically that would. Present themselves as awkward questions,
1: but well, I've got a question. Yeah, go it's, for it. it's not an awkward, ignorant question. Well, I hope it's because not. you're not me. I come up with those. Well, my question is just: um, I am going to be a dad in a few months, and one of the things I have that no I am advice on that. It's not specific advice. How on did that. you
0: feel being a dad for so, the first time,
2: Catherine?
1: Uh, so, and one of the things that I'm really like concerned about is treading that line between not trying to lead my child down a particular path of music or not. Yeah. Like, I do want to do that thing where I introduce different things. Yep. So, what do you think the right balance is? Do you think <laughs> you can just leave something on someone's bed and go check that out? Or is it subliminal for a while and Did then
0: wait and see, see how it you goes? Look at those and think to your dad, oh, dad.
2: No, no, no. I respect my dad too much. Okay. I think he always played music around the house and I think subliminally it was going into my consciousness. Like I was taking it all in. So I now I feel like I know so much about music just because I heard so much of it as a little girl. And I didn't realise I was listening to it. It was just in the background. But I heard everything from the Beatles to the Rolling Stones to, you know, as I said, Eminem. Like, it was all something that I heard and probably took in and was unaware of taking it in. So I think playing a lot of music around your house... Well, that's not going to be a problem. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a really great start. But I also think, you know, um, I've got a lot of my muso friends that... um, play you know a lot of like music DVDs and stuff for their kids like of stuff that they love and the kids because their parents are musos and they want to be like they want to be just like you they kind of think oh yeah I want to watch this Eric Clapton DVD on how to play guitar because my dad plays guitar you know what I mean so you you know you're a huge influence on your kids I reckon and I think also
0: a big thing is when they turn, you know, seven, eight, and they start became, becoming much more aware of pop culture, and they turn around and say, Dad, I love Katy Perry. Can we go to Katy Perry? You take her to Katy Perry. Oh, God, because yeah. she is like, she is like. A pastiche influences throughout Girl. her life.
2: Not Spice Girls. Girlfriend. A Girlfriend. Okay, Australian, that's a whole Australia, different thing. Well, it's the Australian version, isn't that's it? That's true. But, um, but, yeah, my dad took me to a Girlfriend. and But then he turned around and said, I'm taking you to a, to a concert now, and he took me to see John Fogarty. <laughs> so, awesome. You know, he, he let me and do that, but then he said, as long as I can take you to something else. So he was always there letting me do my own thing, but also going, but can I show you something? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You
0: let fo- them him him follow do. their own path, but they're always going to come back to, you know, what they grew up with, mixed in with what they chose yeah. themselves. And you
2: always come back to your room. You become
1: a pastiche. I'll, I'll take this on board from my dad. He took me to see Tool when I was 16 and couldn't go by myself. Yeah but he also took me to see ACDC that year. So, like, maybe that's the line I need to tread. You just yeah. go along with what they want to, even yeah. if it's not your cup of tea, but, yeah. but
2: then, Educate. you know, take them to something else. <laughs> yeah. That's great, yeah. No,
1: my dad grew up driving me around in,
0: like, an old beat-up yellow Volkswagen playing Beach Boys tapes. And... Beach Boys. Me too. But, you know, uh, my mum played, like, Elvis all the time, and it wasn't until... Like, I I did the whole 12 to 16 thing, you know, just exploring on my own and thinking everything was uncool. But then, you know, once you come back into your late teens, early 20s, Mm. that stuff is like, oh, wait, I know all of that stuff and I love all of that stuff. And I went, like, I was in New Zealand living there with my parents and um, I'd watched a doco on Brian Wilson and his history with the Beach Boys and Mm. he, was like, at the time was going to be touring Auckland and I just turned to Dad and said, can we go? And he goes okay sure Yes, please. and so we went and saw Brian Wilson it was around oh, Christmas was and he came on stage with his band and there's a little Christmas tree and they said we don't usually do this but it's two days before Christmas like let's do a bunch of Christmas classics from the Beach Boys Christmas record and they sung a whole bunch of just, like, acapella and ukulele Christmas tracks. And cool. then they came back on and said, this is where we usually start. Just give us a couple seconds. And mm. and Dad was just, I think, glad to have me following because I'd been mm. through And then now I still love that shit I loved and discovered as on my own and thought everything else was uncool. But mm. now I love it all.
2: Yeah. Well, I think allowing your child to discover it on their own mm. is a big thing as well. That's something Dad did. He never pushed it on me. He never you know it was just sort of like oh, well, do you want to watch this movie it's pretty good you know it was never like that's you have I'm, to watch this that's movie that's what I'm
1: worried about I'm just like <laughs> yeah. I don't get too excited where it's like a clockwork orange where I'm like okay you got to sit down you're going to watch yeah, this nah, don't, I don't, don't, I don't, don't do not act that, excited because then they'll it's think like, it's
2: really uncool because yeah. you're, you're excited about dad it dad loves it <laughs> jeez Uh, Well, should we talk about Tamworth? Damn
0: right we should, which is actually how it's going to lead into that. Am I going to meet your dad in Tamworth? Is he going to be up there?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, you'll be staying at a house with my dad.
0: I'm almost going to be almost starstruck to meet your dad now. (laughs) I feel like I've heard all about you and I think you're cool.
1: (laughs) Don't lie, you're more excited about the dogs.
0: I'm more excited about Catherine's dogs. She's bringing them up. Just to clarify... uh, Catherine's recording and broadcast for Saturday Night Country and I'm going up in a technical capacity to help out uh, and I will be meeting her dogs and I am just... (laughs) so over the moon about meeting her dogs anyway we will be heading up there and i've never been to tamworth oh before my in my life I've, i think i've driven through it once mm. and i've never been to the festival and what am i expecting what am i doing what like apart from what we're doing for work yeah yeah, but- yeah
2: yeah oh look tamworth is by far one of my favorite festivals in the world and i've been to festivals all over the world but tamworth is so unique uh it's very hot um, <laughs> but that adds to the atmosphere of the festival. But a bit like Big Day Out, it's you got you just deal with it, you know. But Is it it's
0: those sort of like almost a South by Southwest thing where no. there's where there's lots of different lots gigs going on. Yeah, but... it's
2: more like South by Southwest. Yeah. So there's like lots of day.
0: different different shows and gigs going on, but it's not necessarily a big enter-all festival.
2: Well, there's no like a lot of festivals. There's no main stage, side yeah. stages, well, blah blah. It's not on a property or anything like that. It's it's a town. It's yeah. Timworth. Well, Timworth uh, uh, becomes well, the yeah, festival. Yeah, and it's venue. News all around, the, in, all around the city, basically that yeah. Um, yeah, people play and it is there's a million things going on and while there's a million gigs going on, there's 50 million buskers down on Peel Street busking. All day. Mm. It's just nuts. It's so unique. There's nothing in the world like it. Mm. Every Australian country artist and a lot of other genres as well that that go, I mean, Paul Kelly's going to be there this year with his soul sessions. They all cannot not start their year with Temworth. It's just Mm. the best way to kick off your year of touring. I start touring from Temworth onwards and it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd never miss Temworth. It's just, it's awesome. Honestly, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it so I mean, much. Even if you're not a country fan, oh, Tim Worth
0: is something you should go to. In the broader sense, I'm a country fan, yeah. and in you know the, the broader sense in the the word, I'm a huge music fan. I, I yeah. will love anything, and I will love the atmosphere of it. But mm. I love the idea that like you know just there's hundreds of buskers just
2: like you'll have to check that out it's it's quite fascinating actually um and and you'll find most country artists myself included started out busking Mm. on peel street um It's pretty unique. I mean, we are actually for the show that we're producing in Tamworth on Friday the 23rd uh, (laughs) at 9.30am at the pub that we're going to walk down Peel Street a couple of days before and pick out a busker for our specialty track in the kitchen sessions with Dad. We do like a... Papa Steve's pick of the week and usually it's like a Ryan Adams new album or something that he's discovered that he loves yeah but we're gonna go pick out a cool busker oh, that we think is the next cool. big thing and bring them in and get them to do that track so yeah it's it's just really cool there's so much great stuff another year I got went down and chose three or four that were just really great you know young kids that I just thought got had real potential to come and they just um open up my gig in 10 so cool. it was such a cool thing I loved it and they just were like oh my god I'm opening up for Catherine Britt, you know, and it was weird for them, but for me it was just as exciting, you know, getting these up-and-coming artists. So it's well worth doing that for sure.
0: I heard this interview with this Um, young girl the other day who was playing at Tamworth and she was saying that she was going from like one gig to another gig to another gig and she's playing heaps of gigs. Do people not just go and play one thing, they go and play a heap of things?
2: Um, The the artists that do it for a living and tour all year round, just just keep it to the one Tamworth show only, one or two, like maybe one at the beginning of the week, one near the end, or just one gig, Um, then all of the new up-and-coming acts that are kind of trying to get their foot in the door do a million different things because they're trying like to be seen type of thing yeah or... they're trying to be seen so they they play they bust down there then they'll go and jump up on that stage and they might get to do a song on some show that they've put on with a hundred artists or whatever Yeah, um, that's how so I started out too you know yeah. any opportunity you got to sing in front of people you'd be like yeah yeah I'll take that I'll take that so you run yourself into the ground trying to get seen in Tamworth yeah. and that's all the, that's just the beginnings of starting a career really
0: this seems like a stupid question once again I've come up with one um <laughs> I, I have remembered driving through Tamworth once. Uh, is, is it just... Have I made it up or is there an actual giant golden guitar there?
2: There is actually a giant golden guitar there. <laughs> ah, awesome. Th- that is real.
0: I always remembered that or something like that. And I'm like, is that real or did that just come out of my brain? Oh, uh, it's
2: real. And that's our, that's our awards. That's our artists, yeah. you know, at, at the golden guitar. And it's very prestigious in country music to win mm. a golden guitar. Um, very special. And it's, it's, you know, country music's Night of Nights and... It's great. We all get to get dressed up in frocks. You guys are going to do their little red carpet, oh, aren't you, I as can't media? I wait. <laughs> Ask people what they're wearing and stuff. I can't they're Probably wait. Wranglers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but no, it's so much fun and I love it. And I, you know, always play a big part in the awards. I think I'm presenting a couple of awards this year. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's lots of fun. Oh, when we're back on telly again.
0: I'm excited that Watch I get Channel to see 10. you presenting awards. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: I'll be there. Uh, no, it's going to be fantastic. And um, look. If you haven't been to Tamworth before and you're out there listening to this, get your ass there. Check it out. It's yeah. so much fun. And it goes on. I don't know when this is broadcasted, but it goes on for another It'll, week. So
0: It will go away this week.
2: Yeah. Well, get up there. Get amongst it. Exactly. We'll be he's there. You
0: still, still very well have a chance. I mean, God, we're leaving on Thursday afternoon, yeah. so you'll hear this Good before time. then. Um So for anyone who doesn't know, what's The Hillbilly Killers?
2: The Hillbilly Killers is a side project that I do quite regularly. We're looking towards releasing an album hopefully this year. Mm. Um, but it literally is just that, a side project from my career, yeah. Bill, Bill Chambers' career and Tim Rogers' career um, with some pretty Great musicians. Uh, I mean, essentially, it's sort of like a, a little bit of a really lame super band. You know, lame. Well, you've got totally Australian country legend it. but you yourself. Just, it's supposed to be like a supergroup sort of thing, yeah. but we don't look at it that way. But that's what it's sort of been labelled as a little it bit to- because it totally the comes that back come to labelling, together. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, it's it stems from a love of Hank Williams. Um, we wanted to create a band that honoured um, that. That that uh, genre and that that style of music, yeah. Um, and so we created this band, the Hillbilly Killers. We thought about Tim Rogers. I don't know where that came from, but we asked him, and he was so into it. Is this pre or
0: post Tim being on your album as well?
2: Pre, pre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I met him years blue. ago. Yeah, years and years ago. We flew to Melbourne to um, do Hey Hey It's Saturday, and we just met up with him beforehand. Whoa, whoa, and whoa! You did Hey Hey It's Saturday? Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. Cool. So fun. Um, but yeah, we just was met that up pre with or him. Post- face thing oh no this is it's comeback you know that whole comeback thing yeah yeah. 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 i'm too too young for the yeah the other stuff oh yeah i know um but yeah so um i met up with tim and he just loved the idea of of the hank williams tribute band and Mm. it grew from there it's not a hank williams tribute band at all i mean we don't even play we play one hank song i guess during the set Mm. but it really became this thing where we write all our own songs we Mm. co-write them together there's a few three-way of you know co-writes as well with me Mm. bill and tim even with some of the musos in the band because the musos are quite well known incredible musos as well um and it's just become almost like this this is a bad example but like hank williams meets nick cave or something (laughs) it's like like bad like bad as in like like evil hillbilly murder ballads mm. meets like country music or something. Yeah, it's it's just awesome. I love the Hillbilly Killers. I wish we could do more but... It's like trying to organise a camping trip with all your mates, and you can't get everyone mm. on the same weekend. Well,
0: that's the thing. Everybody has their own lives, their own careers. You're yeah. all based in separate oh. places.
2: How? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean Tim's in Melbourne, Bill's on the Central Coast, I'm in Newcastle, yeah. and we're all crazy busy year round with our own projects. And you and you know, relaunched and doing great things again. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough, but we do. We always play Tamworth, except for this year. This is the first the year, year that, that I'm playing. going. Jesus. I know. This is the first year we're not playing Tamworth, which just sucks. Um, um, but we will always always make music and we'll always um, continue to, uh, you know, have the Hillbilly Killers as yeah. a side band because it's just too great to let go of. So,
0: that makes me feel really, like, really warm and happy inside. The fact that you guys all just love doing that mm. because, like, me and Pointy, uh, as you know, anyone that hasn't listened to this podcast before, because if you delve back into it, there's, I'm sure, a UMI reference in all of them. Uh, just, it, it's one of those things where, to me, Tim was someone that came in early in life with UMI and everything he's done in terms mm. of solo and. And rock band-wise, has really kind of guided and influenced my life musically. You know, the fact that you guys are just cool, loving this band, writing this music, mm-hmm. doing you know, doing that for fun of it is really yeah. nice. It's warm. It's it's
2: well, that's the only the only reason for the band. It's a yeah. passion project. It's nothing nothing more or less than that. Exactly. So, it is literally us just doing something that we all love on the side that keeps us happy and and content. So. It is. It's very original. There's. I don't think the hillbilly killers sound like anything else. (laughs) Um, Whether that's a good or a bad thing, we're not sure. I like Um, bringing the Nick Cave
0: reference into it too.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't even know if that's a great reference, but I say that to Australians because it's. Yeah. It is really like. That murder ballad side of Nick Cave, sort of I guess. Yeah. Line. Whereas there's also the the throwback that we're actually really picking from, which is you know the the Leuven Brothers and all those really early country creepy murder ballad scene, yeah. that hillbilly scene. Yeah. The like yeah creepy scene. Oh. But yeah, so that's what we're really referencing.
0: That totally wasn't even the last thing I wanted, I wanted to ask you about. Oh, oh my god. So, okay. Redback back on the toilet seat. This dude that's going to be involved in their broadcast. Yes. The guy that wrote "Red back on the toilet seat" is Have actually. Hit Hold it. on, you look confused. You know that song, no. right? What?
2: How do you not it's like know an that os- song? Iconic song. I don't
0: know that? <laughs> like my parents were Elvis and Beach Boys, but I know that song. Yeah, I, I don't know it. I'm going <laughs> to play. Know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to. We're going to play him that song. <laughs> oh, yes, I know it. Anyway, um, if you're listening yeah. and you're not pointy, you will probably know that song. There was
2: a red back on the toilet seat when I was there last night.
0: I didn't see him in the dark, but boy, I felt his bite. He's going to be playing our, our, like, broadcast. Yes. And he's still a guy that exists and plays things. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. I just, it's such a classic thing that it's almost, I I don't even picture where it comes from anymore. Mm. I just know this song. It's, like, in that lexicon of music
2: yeah uh total aussie icon and i've never met slim newton before but he's totally still around and kicking it like hardcore he's very like Dad called him the other day to to check in, and he's out mowing the lawn, and he's like eighty something, but very active still in music apparently, and yeah. um, still still playing, yeah, still <laughs> still running the household as well. But no, we're very excited. He's going to play live, um, including Red Back on the Toilet Seat and yes. a couple other tracks, and we're going to have a chat to him during the kitchen sessions live in Tamworth. So. Pretty excited about that, and as well as many other ridiculous guests I'm very excited about as well.
0: And Bill's pl- Bill Chambers is playing afterwards because I just found out yeah. he has, like, a regular gig at the pub yeah. that he goes and plays every day.
2: Every day. The Bill Chambers sessions, I think he calls them. That is In the super Bill Chambers exciting. room.
0: That is super The room is dedicated
2: to Bill Chambers. That's
0: like well, you've well, got it seems apt. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to feel good when you have a room and that's where you yeah. go and that's where you play. It's like, yeah. this is... This
2: is my room. You
0: own that, you know? <laughs> Um, but uh, just quickly as well, because I keep thinking of things I want to ask you about, because like, you're my like reference point at the moment for like Australian country music, because yeah. it's something I've not grown up with. Mm. But what did Casey do for Australian country music in terms of when it became that almost... like? Don't say it's country marketable mm. thing. Like, she, I'm, sh- I'm sure she brought a lot of people into it.
2: Casey has never not said she's not country. No, um, but the marketing yeah. thing that around her it, label would have said that. Um, but, but around Casey that time, she was everywhere, you yeah, know? Yeah, she, well, she's the most successful Australian country artist of all time by far. Um, outsold James Blundell and, you know, who had Way Out West and even Lee Kernigan and yeah, Slim And Dusty. these guys have huge careers. Here. Oh, huge careers. Um, but Casey just, was lucky, you know, the stars aligned and she came along when, when people wanted that. It just was Yeah it just was luck. Casey's incredibly talented and yeah. a great singer songwriter and a top chick. The, a couple but, of times I bumped into her genuinely charming, yeah, really genuinely lovely. Genuinely a really top chick. Yeah. Um but yeah, she just you know, that song, I don't know, the world was ready for not pretty enough and it just broke her to a to a totally different level that she never would have expected. She no. still is I guess, you know, just taken aback by that whole thing and, you know, just surprised. But it just – sometimes that's the thing about fame. Sometimes – just, something just works and it, there's no explanation yeah. it
0: just happens well to pull it back into where we were before I mean that comes back to authenticity the whole idea of not pretty enough is yeah. such a thing that had not been really it's
2: so authentic well,
0: yeah it is yeah. authentic it's just like yeah. okay what the hell's going on and
2: why not why can't you play me on pop radio I don't get it and yeah. that struck
0: a chord and yeah. it comes back down to the roots of country music which mm. is and I like th- I like that you're kind of like there's this dude who kind of just went okay this needs to be a thing mm. and just recording recorded everybody every genre every kind of style of music will become an in- industry eventually mm. but it's it goes back to its roots in authenticity which is but really they cool They got
1: better deals than the first rock and roll guys
2: <laughs> Yeah oh, I don't know if they got any deals yeah, I <laughs> think they just got recorded and then deals? shipped back to their yeah. hometown But yeah it's no royalties like something no, They got no like a royalties. thank
0: you at least <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe Maybe they got a thank maybe. you and they
2: got a release of a record no, maybe that was it
0: But yeah. I like I like the sense that that authenticity thing is carrying through mm. and that's Totally it in music.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well that's good music, isn't it? At the end we? of the day. Authenticity.
0: Good music is good music. Mm. Are you playing a show this week as well?
2: I am. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. At I'm Co-Pub. coming to that, right? Yeah, you can come. Okay. Uh Thursday at the pub in the Bill Chambers room <laughs> you're not again. On the door no, we'll not I, not allow, I will not allow you to be there. <laughs> well I'll be
0: following your route, picking a busking artist for your Friday
2: show. <laughs> um, but yeah, be there or be square. Eight o'clock, I think doors are on Thursday night. Cool. So those are the twenty-second, obviously.
0: It's almost like you can't have me there because I'll be sitting in the front, going hi. <laughs>
2: I'll
0: be following your Please dad. Ar- I'll be following your dad around.
1: <laughs> I feel like you actually will be doing that. You
0: know me too well, <laughs> well Steve, hi. right? Steve, Steve. Yeah. yeah oh. No. Totally. I will be following Steve around.
1: Okay. We're done. <laughs> I think. I'm pretty yeah. sure. We're yep. good. We're yep. good.
0: Yep. We're good. Okay. Thank, Thank you, you, Catherine. And Thank you, you Catherine. Know where to find us by the way, Pointy.
1: You do. Just head to www.splittingcases.com and you can listen to this and all sorts of other inane ramblings. Thank you for listening. Steve.